It's time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. My name is Max. I'm joined here by my co-host, Austin Weinrich. And uh, we are here on this college football Saturday, but we're going to be talking some NFL. Uh, A lot of stuff happening, uh, a lot of headlines being made over the past week, and uh, we're going to try to cover it all and uh, do our usual uh, fantasy and uh, against the spread picks for you for uh, coming up week 11 here. So, uh, like I said, I'm joined here by my co-host, Austin Weinrich. How are you doing, how are you doing, sir? Uh, well, I've been studying at the School of Wizardry under Bill Belichick. <laughs> let me uh, let me show you some scales. Let's see if I can create rain like he did in that last yeah, right. drive. Kalima! Kalima! <laughs> Kalima! You think that's what it was? 100%. Did you see <laughs> if you look at like the radar, uh, weather radar... It was literally just isolated around like Gillette Stadium. So he just called. He, he went all uh, Danny DeVito and uh, it's always sunny and you used his powers to create uh, to create rain there. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, it looks like I'm failing class because it's pretty dry in this house. <laughs> um, I know you're hurting over there. How's your back doing? Oh, you're getting, you're getting oh. old. Yeah, sciatica is a bitch. So, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you can't really do much anyway, right? I mean, no. So it's the best time to throw out your basket uh, during a quarantine. Yeah. Um. So, you know, speaking of quarantine, the uh, COVID continues to just destroy. I mean, it it's NFL seems to have it a little bit under control, but if you look at college. Oh, you're losing games left and right. I mean, I don't know how they're. Re- I mean, now they're just can- straight up canceling games. I mean, they were postponing, but now they're just straight up canceling because they have nowhere to put these games anymore. Now, uh, what was it? Clemson got canceled today, and they're the number fourteen yep. in the nation. Yep, got canceled. Um, had a late positive test. Uh, I think it was last night. Uh, somebody somebody tested negative twice, and then their third time they tested positive or something like that, and um, so that game is not happening. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's running rampant. I'm I'm curious, you know, I I know that we kind of mentioned it with how hockey is looking at doing like regional bubbles, and uh, you know, I'm 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 not sure what basketball's plan is, but they're starting up soon. It sounds like basketball is going to be playing in, like, the arenas. No fans. Yeah. They're going to do their usual, you know, how they would normally do it and and travel all over the country. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking about a smaller group of people. Yeah. I mean, so, I think at most you can cut back. Uh, I think the NBA roster is 15 people, but, you know, it, if they're worried about it, you could cut it really down to 12. And I think you have 12 on your active roster and then three, like, uh, you know, reserve players. I guess those reserve players wouldn't have to travel. And you can, like you said, you can cut it down. But, I mean, with, with everything that they're seeing with the NFL and all this stuff, I'm curious, you know, what I'm curious what they're thinking is. Because they they seem to do the NBA did well in the bubble at Disney, but you can't have thirty two teams or what? However many teams they have, thirty teams. Thirty. Uh, 
72 games in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it that way. So, uh, I mean, maybe with what hockey's doing with the regional bubble approach, uh, but, you know, then you're really missing out on, you know, you're just playing the same teams over and over again. So, I mean, how exciting is that? But, I mean, I know for us it's exciting because you have the Rangers, Devils, and Islanders have a big rivalry. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of the other regional bubbles don't really have that big of a rivalry. Like, yeah, I mean, I. About the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Florida Panthers. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, the. You know that's that's the that's the upside. That's one of I guess one of the upsides. You get those built in. You know you know the Islanders and Rangers are going to play each other a bunch, and the Devils and the Rangers are going to. Do the Islanders and the Devils even have like a rivalry? Is that even a thing? Uh, a little bit. Yes and no. I definitely both compete with the Rangers more. Yeah. More of a one with Philly over the Islanders, I'd say. Okay. Uh. All right. Uh, did you see the NHL had a three team, like a third jersey come out? Did you see the Islanders? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. The Islanders just missed the deadline, so they <laughs> no. just sent it. They just, or they didn't have, they didn't give themselves enough time, or something like that. Yeah, I think that's the excuse. But Lou, the GM or president, whatever he is over there, the Devils never were allowed to have a third jersey when he was in charge. So. That's really what it was, is he was forced to do that, so he had someone use MS Paint and just fill it a different color. Is it is it because he he didn't want a third jersey? Yeah, I, I, that's what I think the real story is. I mean, I would let the guy do whatever he wants. The guy, he's he's like the architect. You talk about great GMs in, in you know, American sports. He's got to be, like, one of the top guys. Yeah, I think it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, that that was like, you know, you look at what the Islanders were before he showed up, and they always had that, like, promise, but they couldn't put it all together. And then he shows up, and he makes a couple moves, and the Islanders are in the, uh, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals this year. But they've been progressing every year since he's been at the helm. And, uh, you know, that was kind of like a godsend for Islanders fans bringing him in. Yeah, the best thing he ever did was just not re-sign Josh Tavares. John Tavares. Yeah. As an Islanders fan, I'm not like an avid hockey fan, but, you know, Tavares was a great player. But, I mean, you see what they have now with Barzell and, and, you know, like I said, I'm not a big guy. Barzell, Anders Lee, like... You have some some really good players that you were able to to Barzell in the draft and Anders Lee is the captain now, but you have guys that you were able to bring in with that money that you didn't give Tavares and, and uh, struggled in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, it it looks like it it really went their way. So he's the uh, you know the oracle, I guess. He 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 knows what's going to happen and he he does a good job. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, taking those two leagues, the NHL and the NBA and looking at what the NFL is dealing with, even major league baseball, I mean, major league baseball is is a few months away. Um, but you'd have to think that they're looking at a lot of this stuff too. I think we're officially kind of in that, 
second wave if we ever got out of the first one. Um, but it's good. It, it remains to be seen. You know, it just seems like it's getting worse by the day. And yeah, I think they said 200,000 cases yesterday. Um, in one day. Yeah. In the United States. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. I mean, in, in my line of work right now, I'm looking at some of these numbers and they're scary as far as how quickly things are moving. But, um, you know, supposedly a vaccine is going to be here before the end of the year. And uh, so we'll see. But um, mm-hmm. what's that? We can only hope. Yeah. And we'll see how many people actually want to take it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you take the vaccine and all of a sudden you're growing, you know, so I don't know. But, uh, but we'll, we'll, you know, like I said, it remains to be seen. Um, so, hey, we got a little hockey in, yeah. right? I mean, we'll get a little hockey in uh, to um, kind of, you know, yeah. shake it up a little bit. The NBA is doing its typical nuttiness where superstars are just being traded left and right. Yeah. And that's something I wanted to ask you about. How does Gordon Hayward get a four-year, $120 million contract? Um, I wish I could tell you. He just signed a four... It was just today. He opted out of getting paid $34 million this year by the Celtics. And um, let me look up... Well, it was... What was it? I think it was a year ago. It was... Al Horford opted out of the Celtics and then somehow got a three-year, $90 million. Yeah, with the uh, Sixers. Yeah. So, Gordon Hayward, this will be going into his 10th year, I I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, his 11th year. Really good coming out of college. And then in Boston, he's just been destroyed by injuries. Yeah, so you don't really want to, like kill him for that but i mean he's averaged over 20 points one time in his career he's averaged over 19 points three times in his career and over 20 once but he just he's getting paid 30 million dollars like the amount of money that people get or that players get in the nba is just ridiculous well if you look um i think joe harris was a big signing he signed four years 75 million and I can't name a single thing he's done besides win the NBA three-point contest once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, four years, $75 million. I did see Fred Van Vliet uh, got a four-year, $85 million from Toronto. Yeah. My but, boy, uh, DJ Augustine, got a three-year, $21 million, and he was a backup point guard in Orlando. Yeah. And uh, Backup point guard in Orlando. It, somehow he... He signed with the Bucks now for three years, $21 million. Yeah, it's just insane. Um, the uh, I, I brought up Fred Van Vliet with the 480, 4 for 85 because that's the highest contract ever for an undrafted um, yeah. undrafted player in the NBA. And he's, and he's a good player. So th- that, I mean, you look at him and Joe Harris getting comparable money. And they're not even like in my mind, they're not even comparable on the court. Like no, they're Fred Van like Vliet, second or third tier option, to be honest, for most teams. 
Yeah, Fred Van Vliet to me is head and shoulders above Joe Harris, and they're getting paid almost the same amount of money. Um, and I saw something the other day with I know like Westbrook and what he can bring to the team to to a team, but I think he's getting paid forty three million dollars this year. Yeah, and neck he has one more year on the deal, and I think it's like fifty million. That's incredible. It's the way the NBA worked out their contracts is they wanted shorter deals. But if you like re-signed with your team, it's called the bird rights where your team can offer more money than any other team on free agency. So a lot yeah. of you know, you'll see a lot of people like re-sign with their team and then get traded like a year later. Yeah, it's like a, what do they call it? The Supermax? Yeah. Like like yeah, your home team can offer the Supermax deal instead of the max deal, which you know, if you went to free agency, I think it, you sign for five years and it adds like eight percent intervals every year. Yeah, a normal contract, like in free agency, you can't sign more than a four-year deal, right? Yes. So, yeah, that that fifth year. I mean, that's that's a the NBA union is <laughs> very very strong, apparently. I don't even know if it's the NBA union as much as it's the agents. The agents just have all these teams by the balls. Like, you just have yeah. everyone demanding trades saying, oh, no, I'm bored here. Like, Paul George resigns with OKC. They make it to the playoffs. And then he's like, no, I want out of here. And then they have to trade him to the Clippers. Yeah, the, play- the players have so much power. Uh, you know, in a game where it's more of you know, individual star players as opposed to, you know, I guess we're seeing it in the NFL now too. Patrick Mahomes just got a 50 uh, annual check of $50 million for the next 10 years. Uh, So you start to see it spill over, but Hey, I mean, you lock, you lock a guy like Mahomes in now, you know that the cap's going to continue to go up. Uh, So you're going to, you can start to plan, you know, mm. five, ten years down the road of, hey, you know, it's going to roughly go up this amount. You have him locked in for 50. Um, but basketball, I mean, basketball has a hard cap. Right. You, um, it's a, yeah. or it's it, no, it's a soft cap. It's a there's a cap and then there's a luxury tax cap. And so it's similar. It's like baseball. Yes, except there actually is technically a hard cap, which impacts who you can sign in free agency if you go over the cap. But the thing the NBA did is they kept their cap the same this year, even though they lost a ton of money. So you're gonna the cap could go down next year big in the NBA if they can't figure out a way to regenerate some revenue. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, not having fans. I think NBA viewership is just, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, the, the China market when that the Daryl Morey tweet that yeah cost them like I think it was like fifty million dollars basically in China. Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, you know, and you know all the the politicization of of sports and and all that. It seems like it's just bigger in the NBA than it is anywhere else uh, in any of the other leagues. Uh, NFL is is up there, but 
you see it a lot more with the NBA, and I think that has a lot to do with it too, um, for obvious reasons. People just don't want that as part of their, you know, their leisure, as if you call it a leisure, you know, doing air leisure activity, which. Watching the, I mean, watching the Giants is never like a leisure activity for me because it causes me so much like anxiety and frustration. Uh, so I, I don't even want to call it, you know, a pastime. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. I don't know if it's going to get better or it's going to get worse. Um, you know, I was kind of surprised with not having sports for so long and the NBA coming back and it having such trouble with viewership, you would think that it would like explode in the beginning, you know, when it came back after not having sports for so long and the NBA being one of the first sports to come back, that people just flocked to it. Even people that weren't big NBA fans that just wanted to watch sports, it just didn't happen, you know? Which I was surprised about because I watched a lot of it, the bubble basketball, because it was on in the middle of the day, so I'm like, what else am I going to watch? <laughs> yeah, especially for, you know, degenerate gamblers that, you know, that was like a that was like a gambler's paradise. I mean, you just had games all day long. It was literally just March Madness for like a month. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of surprised at that too, but, I mean, we'll see what they do to, uh, to fix that. I don't know if they're going to be able to, but we'll see. Um, all right, so let's get to our... Uh, Let's get to our picks from last week. Um, both we'll start with against the spread, uh, our, our picks, and then we'll go to uh, fantasy and see how we did. So, you want to give us a quick recap? All right. Um, I mean, you had a killer week of uh, five and zero, Mister. Yeah, feeling feeling hot. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you picked the Bucks, and they just dominated that game. You were on the Giants, which was. I think we both thought the Giants were actually going to win, which is amazing. Think you were surprised at that spread, right? I mean, yeah, they were. Uh, I don't know. I think people overhype the Eagles. I don't know what's going on with them. They're just as bad as the Giants. I think that that was like such an obvious pick to me. Like the Eagles suck too. Both teams suck, but the Giants were like you know. I think besides the Forty ers game pretty much every game that they've played has been one possession and they've had a chance to win. And I know I texted this to you on last Sunday, but they had like five games in a row where they had a double digit lead and they lost. the lead. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a problem in itself, but I mean, uh, were the Eagles really on the road? I think it was like a, it started off at like a plus four, the giants underdog, it went down to three and a half, but you know they win outright, and it's like that was like that was like an easy, I don't know that was an easy pick to me. Yeah, I don't know what they were saying because the Giants have had double digit leads on the Eagles, like we said. I mean, the past the earlier game of the season, and then even last year, they had a double digit lead and they blew that game. Seems to always be the case where, especially a division game. I mean, the Giants seem to play the Eagles well. They just can't beat them. This was the first time in a while that they beat this team, I think. Yeah, many. So, many moons ago. You were on Houston. You got that close cover because of uh, Nick Chubb running out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Let's talk about fantasy implications. Yeah. That, How uh, bad would you be? That hurt a lot of people. I know yeah. we were having a debate. We put in a team, and 
They're like, oh, should we go Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt? Chubb yeah. ended up having the better game, but I know if we had played him and he did that, I would have been so angry all day. I would have uh, sat in my car and stuffed a sock in the tailpipe. That's what I would have done. <laughs> but you know, with that Browns game, uh, I know that they were part of my parlay for the over. I had them the over in that game. But then I don't know what happened. I guess like like the weather just moved in and just took over that game. And yeah, that's that's, the, that's how bad the weather was. Yeah, that's the I think the second home game in a row now for the Browns where they've had to uh, deal with stuff like that, and it's just been such an ugly like like uh, Baker Mayfield is just he's <laughs> tough to watch. He's tough to watch. But um, all right, let's finish up with my picks here. And then you had uh, Washington plus four and a half. They had a huge comeback to give you that cover. I think they were down 14 or something in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, Alex Smith threw for almost 400 yards. Uh, the, the, sh- the game should have went to overtime, and that would have helped us with our fantasy team because we had Marvin Jones and McLaren. Uh, so that would have, and both had, both had great games anyway, but it would have been nice to get a little bit of extra out of them. Um, but yeah, I, the Redskins just blew that game at the end. I don't know if you saw the end to that game. It was, uh, Chase Young's roughing the passer hit cost him the game. Yeah. And then Prater hit like a 59 yarder, 59 yarder to win it. Yeah. So tough loss for the Redskins, but they got the cover. And then uh, your final game, you were on Pittsburgh, minus seven, which, I mean, to be honest, I don't remember much of that game. They just dominated Cincy. Yeah, I think that was a that was a reaction to their struggles against the Cowboys. And that's that's kind of why I jumped on that, that line, because I think I said it last week. I mean, the struggles against the Cowboys, they just didn't really care about that game. Um, and then they come back home and they – they take it to the Bengals. So, all right, that brings your uh, season total to twenty-eight and twenty-two. You're, you were plus four fifty last week. Now five forty. I mean, I wrote that backwards, right? Uh, I was should have been my should have been minus money last week. Are you talking about now? Yeah. How could you be minus money if you went five and zero? Oh? No, no, I mean, oh, oh, just that past week, just last week, yeah. Yeah, it would be uh, plus 450, and uh, you're up 320 on the season. Okay, no, that's what I meant. Oh, through through last week, overall, I was minus money, and then now I'm, what would you say, uh, 320? Yep, plus 320. Okay. And then uh, for my picks, not as good, actually pretty poor. I went one and four. I was on uh, Carolina, the opposite of you. We talked about that game already. Then I had Green Bay minus 13. I don't know how Green Bay let Jake Luton, the Jags, stick around. They almost lost that game. Yeah, they were talking about. I think we need to start looking into teams just not getting up for some of these bad teams. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I feel like last season, you know, we talked a little bit about. Green Bay last year being like one of those teams that nobody like they just didn't really impress anybody and they've had some games here but it's just it just seems to always be 
you know, last year their defense played really well and Rodgers didn't play well so much. But, yeah, I don't know. Green Bay is just a weird team to me. Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't. We'll get into the fantasy pick, like Aaron Jones. You think he would dominate that Jags? Yeah, they just did. They did nothing, and uh, it just seems it, it falls back on Rodgers. And Rodgers is having an MVP type year, but the defense can't stop the run. James Robinson had a had a good game, and you're going up against a quarterback who's making a second start, and they almost beat you at home. You know, it was just not a, not a good. Uh, you know, I know they won the game, and that's great, but it's not a good, not a good uh, outing for the Packers. Yeah, they almost lost to a quarterback who, when pressured, went one for seven for like four yards. And <laughs> so you would think, hey, why not pressure him some more, right? Yeah. So. All right, uh, then I was on the Raiders. I mean, Just Jacobs just dominated the Broncos. Yeah. That was really the takeaway from that game. I lost on Seattle, who, uh, honestly, the Rams kind of dominated that game. Yeah, Wilson, uh, you know, they just played on, on Thursday night, and, he and they won the bounce back game. Was that? I said he definitely had a bounce-back game on Thursday night. I think they were missing. Yeah. We talked about, I mean, before we went live, uh, that Hyde had a pretty good game. I think they do need a running back. Yeah, Carson can't stay healthy, it seems. And, I mean, Hyde had been hurt. Uh, but, you know, I think over the, the last three games uh, prior to this past Thursday, uh, Wilson had, I think he had eight picks in those three games. Yeah, it was bad. So he's he's been forcing it a little bit. And that's probably a byproduct of the defense really being historically bad, but they actually were able to contain. I mean, and I think part of it too, is that Kyler Murray hurt his shoulder early in the game. So they didn't want him running as much as he normally would. I think he only had five carries for 15 yards or something like that. Um, so the defense actually contained him pretty well, whether it was because of the injury or not, but um, that was a big win for the Seahawks because the Cardinals actually look like they're pretty decent team like they they could surprise a couple people you know oh yeah that whole uh nfc west i mean seattle's got a big game this week against the rams so yeah yeah the rams are right there too i mean and what is it in two weeks but uh all right then i uh i lost on baltimore well i blame bill belichick for costing me that win i don't (laughs) and that game it, it's raining. Yes, it's raining torrentially, but the Patriots were so banged up. I don't know how the Ravens blew that. I, I you know what? I, I went back to listen to my picks before we before we started recording, and uh, I agreed with you on that pick. I think the Ravens were minus seven, and I said, just be careful because Belichick might have a trick up his sleeve. Yeah, well, and <laughs> no, you control the weather. I don't. <laughs> One would have guessed that he can literally control thunderstorms. That's that's a pretty serious power. And, uh, you know, the Patriots now, they've won, what are they, four and five now? They've won two in a row? Yeah, so uh, they're technically in the a- AFC playoff race. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up making the playoffs somehow and, you know, 
with Belichick uh, doing doing some people dirty. But um, yeah, so that that was that finished up your picks, right? Yep. So uh, I'm 24 and 26 on the season. I was minus 310 last week and brings my season total to minus 440. Okay. So, yeah, got a few. Uh, got what? Week this is week eleven. We got seven weeks left, and uh, you know, we'll try to get on a nice hot streak here. I'm feeling pretty good after that five and zero, oh, and uh, we'll keep it rolling. So let's uh, let's get to fantasy from last week now. And uh, I know you have the uh, you have the spreadsheet. We're not going to share it because we had some. Some video quality issues where we didn't realize that weren't even able to like it was you couldn't even read it. So uh, it was why don't you, old dial-up porn quality. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't. Uh, would you call it? It looked like potato. Like, yeah, potato porn. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it just didn't didn't look good. So we're not going to share anything this time. We're going to try to figure out a solution to that. Um, but let's see, uh, give us uh, the rundown from fantasy last week. Yeah, um, you had a pretty good week. You locked in Josh Allen as your lock, who had a great game, actually. Just uh, the defense couldn't hold up for the win on that Hail Mary. Yeah, what a crazy game that was. Yeah, that was a fun that game. That was wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he went for 29.36 and then... Your sleeper was Drew Locke. He had a pretty shitty game at 10.98. Yep. But, uh, I mean, overall in the season, you're hitting 75% of your quarterback picks, which is very good. I'll take it. Balance out my 6% tight end picks. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then I, I was on to Sean Watson, who just couldn't do anything in that weather. You'd, you'd think he would be able to dink and dunk it against the Browns, but nope. I mean, uh, to be fair, you... you probably would have changed that right i mean oh yeah but yeah, yeah. it's uh he was uh 14.12 and then joe burrow who also had another weather game the only team it didn't affect the weather in like the midwest range was uh pittsburgh who just continued to throw the ball through the wind yeah roethlisberger had like his best game of the season yeah, and uh, that brings my season total on quarterback hits to fifty uh, percent. So I'm only hitting one out of two in quarterbacks. Let's jump to running backs. You uh, you locked in Aaron Jones, who had a very disappointing game, fourteen point five. I mean, he was in that two times range, but you expected a lot more against that Jags defense. And then uh, your sleeper, J.D. McKissick, had a great game, 17.9. I think it was more of a game flow thing. Like we, you said, uh, Alex Smith threw for, what, 400-plus yards? Yeah, 390, yep. Receiving back. So uh, that brings your success rate at uh, running back picks to uh, 17%. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> Jumping to my picks, I locked in Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb was back, and uh, listen, they didn't put any barrier on him. No snap count, no nothing. So he played a lot and took away a lot of Kareem Hunt opportunities, but still had a decent game at 19.2. And then uh, Duke Johnson, 
man, he sucked. He was supposed to be the big uh, sleeper pick of the week. And only uh, 5.4 points. But that Houston offense couldn't do anything in that whole game. Yeah. Uh, and that brings my success rate to 42% at running back. Well, let's jump to wide receivers. Your stack was very nice with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. Yep. Diggs finished with uh, 25.3 and had that great, uh, what you thought would be the game-winning touchdown catch, but unfortunately didn't happen. And then Brandon Cooks, again, in that Houston game, 9.9. That was bad. I mean, I don't... I don't know if you have their price there. Yeah, he was ready. He was uh, 5,600. I thought it was cheaper than that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, 9.9. That's Anybody in that game except for Kareem Hunter, Nick Chubb, and you were not happy with it. Yeah. (laughs) Your success rate's uh, 55% at wide receiver. So you're right on that cusp of being pretty good. Not terrible. And then uh, I went with uh, Cooper Cup as my lock, and apparently Josh Reynolds decided that it was his game against <laughs> the bad Seahawks defense. He only finished with 6.9. And then uh, Curtis Samuel was another bad pick, at, uh, and he only finished with 4.9. But who was it? P.J. Walker came in, the XFL. Did we see him? Yeah. <laughs> I think he did. Yeah, he uh, he was the phenom from the XFL. Yeah, I forget what team he was on, but he he was having like a great year before they before they shut it down. Um, that uh, that brings my success rate for wide receiver picks at thirty percent. And then everyone's favorite topic are uh, tight end picks. Yeah, pretty amazing at this. You locked in Evan Ingram. Uh. You would think revenge game against the Eagles for dropping that pass that cost them the game. Not at all. It's a 3-5. Although, Jordan Reed, your sleeper, 11.2 at a solid game. I think he had a touchdown. Did you have a touchdown catch? I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't watch a second of that San Francisco <laughs> Saints game. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, that brings your success rate to uh, 15%. So you Getting better. Getting better. Can't get much worse, so. And then, uh, I locked in Eric Ebron. He was the only one on the Steelers' offense that didn't do anything, basically, at 5.8 points. And Tyler Eifert had a 3.5, but he was just, I was just hoping for a cheap touchdown from him. Yeah. That lowers my success rate to uh, 25%, so it's a race. It's a race to the bottom. And uh, our final category is defenses. You picked the Giants, who you would... I mean, realistically, they had a... I would say a pretty dominant performance on defense, but fantasy-wise, only four points. Yeah. And then uh, your surprise pick, the Rams, killed it. Uh, 13 points. Yeah, I was kind of feeling just like the way their D line is, you know, how good their D line is. And, uh, you know, I kind of had a feeling that 
you know, Ramsey was going to, uh, I mean, kind of obvious that Ramsey was going to just shadow DK Metcalf. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, like you said earlier, the Rams just kind of dominated. Yeah, uh, Donald was just destroying people. I think they had six sacks in that game. And they were only priced at 2200 so that's a great pick. Yeah. And that brings your success rate to defenses to 47%. Meanwhile, I was on the Eagles. They had three points in that game. And then, uh, well, that's, you know why they had three points? Because Daniel Jones hasn't turned the ball over in two games. Hey, I mean, Amazing. I don't think. I don't think that's ever happened. Now, considering he had only had one game with no turnovers coming into the season. Oh, there you go. So, <laughs> And then uh, I was on Detroit. They were playing pretty well, so they gave up, the, like we talked about, 17 points in the fourth quarter. They're a team you have to watch in the fourth quarter. I mean, where they blow to the game week one to the Bears in the fourth. Yeah. It's a scary team that doesn't know how to hold the lead. And that brings yeah. That's rate to 20% on defense. Yeah, they've had that problem, I mean, for it seems like forever now, but specifically under Matt Patricia, where they just don't finish games. Um, it's kind of like that that Phillip Rivers syndrome for the Chargers. Like, just couldn't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but just couldn't, you know, finish what they, you know, they have a, you know, multi-score lead late in the game, and they would just blow it, so. Um, yeah, glad to see tight ends are, are getting better. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, me and you, we, we did, a uh, a hunt, well, we, we posted it on Twitter. We did a hundred dollar double up and, uh, we placed in that. So, you know, we've been trying to build a, build a little bankroll here and, and kind of just, I think, I think, you know, for obvious reasons, cash games, are easier to build a bankroll from. I mean, unless you're placing very high up in tournaments, it's all, you know, you have that draw of the big win, right? But if you're okay with just potentially doubling your money, cash games are the way, you know, cash games are the way to, to win. The best games are clearly double up single entries those are the millionaire maker. We do it for fun, but realistically, you're not going to hit. You need no. so many things to go right. It's insane. Yeah, it's I mean, it basically is winning the lottery. I, I don't know what the odds are, but, they, you know, it's got to be somewhere close. And, you know, we've been doing pretty well with the cash game. So, uh, you know, if you if you are looking at us on Twitter uh, I think the last couple of weeks we've been posting our teams, so definitely take a look at that. Before we get into Week 11 action and our fantasy picks for Week 11, I have some hot takes I want to throw at you, see what you think. And uh, I just have a few of them here. I actually have uh, four of them. Uh, and we'll just go go from top to bottom here and, and get your thoughts. So the first one here, we kind of touched on it. Before we started recording, as far as who the starting quarterback of the Saints was going to be, uh, with Winston and Hill, I think there's kind of conflicting reports, and that's probably done on purpose, right, to, to not give the other team uh, an edge in who to prepare for. But 
which is what you're curious is uh, I know the NFL is like usually really strict about uh, depth charts and injuries, especially because gambling's become so big. Yeah, which I guess because you know Drew Brees out now, which I didn't realize it was that bad that he had broken ribs and punctured a lung. Uh, so he's on the IR for at least a few weeks. And Jameis Winston did come in, and they're playing the Falcons, who, if you look at the history of Winston against the Falcons, he has just destroyed them. <laughs> like, the last, like, four or five games, he's just destroyed that team. And obviously, coming from the Bucks, he played them twice a year, so, they, you know, he knows them pretty well. Uh, but whether it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, the Saints' offense will be better with either one of those people starting at quarterback? Uh, I would say Winston, yes. Taysom Hill, no. Is it just because of the style? Uh, I mean, how many balls have we seen Taysom Hill throw? I just see him come in for that stupid package, and I don't know if I've seen him throw out of that package yet even. I wonder what his uh, total... His, his career high for pass attempts in a game. It can't be more than like two or three because well, the way that... You go. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, with Winston knowing the Falcons, I just think, why wouldn't you start Jameis Winston? It lets you stay in that more traditional offense. But... The fear, I would assume the fear is that he's going to turn the ball over three times and the Saints aren't a team really that can recover from that this year. No, I think, I think it's been interesting to see, like, all of a sudden the Saints' defense is, like, playing well. And I don't really like it because, <laughs> because they were so freaking bad. And... I, I think I think what's annoying to me is, like, I, I think I said it last week, like Malcolm Jenkins. If if the Saints play in a prime time, all they do is talk about this guy, and he can't cover anybody anymore. Like he, yes, he's the captain of the defense, and he's been around a long time. He plays, you know, he never misses a snap, all that stuff. But I'm just kind of tired of hearing about this guy. And maybe it, maybe that's like the Giants fan in me because he was on the Eagles for a while and had to freaking watch him then. And uh, I don't know. But I, I agree with you, I think, with Winston there and his uh, success that he's had. I think he's like, why not? Why would you not start him? I don't know. I, I think if from what it sounds like to me, it sounds like Hill's the starter. You were saying conflicting reports. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're purposely doing that, leaking different stuff to different people. Maybe Sean Payton's trying to find his mole, and he's telling everyone <laughs> a different thing. Yeah. I think if, I think if you're the Saints, uh, well, I, th- I actually think if you're the, uh, the Falcons, you should be planning for Jameis Winston to play. Because Taysom Hill's not a... You know, he's not a traditional quarterback. You kind of know what you're going to get when he's in the game. 
And if you're going to have Taysom Hill dropping back, throwing passes as a Falcons defense, you're probably happy about that. So, uh, the one thing I will say is, wouldn't you rather prepare for Taysom Hill because he's the bit of an oddball compared to Winston? Because Winston is, you could just be a tip play based defense and probably confuse him with some basic zones and stuff. Yeah, I think at this point in the NFL where a lot of teams are running the read option and, uh, you know, I don't know who the Saints, uh, the Saints schedule off the top of my head, but there's a lot of teams now that are running that read option. So I would like to think that you're a little bit more prepared for that style where Jameis Winston, I could see them coming out and just taking shots left and right. Like he's going to throw the ball not that the Saints want to, but, you know, guys like Michael Thomas, you know, they're going to be able to take some shots that they haven't necessarily been able to take with Drew Brees back there because of the arm strength. So, you know, yeah, Drew Brees is the all-time passing accuracy leader, and Jameis Winston is not even close to that. <laughs> but He's in the 30 for 30 club. He's in the 30 for 30 club. And he did get his eyes fixed. <laughs> so, you know, I'd be, uh, if I were the Falcons and how he's treated them over the past couple, you know, couple years, I, I'd be concerned about that. But the Falcons aren't going anywhere anyway. This game doesn't really mean much. Uh, the Saints should, should win going away, but, you know, there's some uh, question marks there. So, next one here. And this is a little bit more outlandish, but. If the Dolphins continue playing well and make the playoffs, is Tua going to be considered for Rookie of the Year? Mm, Did he start I, too late? I think he started too late. So even if he like he's played well, he has. But what was it? What was Fitzpatrick? Three and three. I think Fitzpatrick was. Uh, what's their? I know Tua's played uh, what three games? He's one. He's three and zero oh so far. Yes. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, yeah. So they were three and three with Fitzpatrick starting. Yeah, so six games. That's that's a lot to miss, unless something happens. You got to remember, some of these rookie receivers are having amazing seasons, and they're not even getting talked about at Rookie of the Year. That's true. Yeah, I mean, C.D. Lamb comes to mind. Um, Sin. Who was that? Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I mean he he might be the front runner actually right now. I mean you Joe Burrow. It see that's the thing is like, and that's why I said if the Dolphins make the playoffs and continue to play well, does he have the edge? Because it's not like the team was you know six and three when he took over. They were three and three. He's three and zero oh now. Five touchdowns, no picks. He's not throwing for a ton of yards. But, you know, you look at guys like Herbert, who's doing things that I think only Patrick Mahomes had done in terms of yardage and touchdowns in his first five games or whatever it was. So there are other guys, but does success outweigh production? I mean, Mm, I mean, I think he'll get a lot of votes, but I don't see him winning it. Okay. 
Um, let's move to this one here. And again, this one might be even more outlandish than that one, but um, is McCarthy going to be one and done? To be honest, I would be surprised if he came back with the history Jerry Jones has of firing coaches. I mean, he fired Jimmy Johnson after he won, won like two Super Bowls. So if you look at recent history with Jason Garrett, he kept Jason Garrett for so long. But I feel like he, like him and Jason Garrett had like this very weird relationship. They did have a really weird connection. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if that tells you anything. But, yeah, I mean, the way that this team, I mean, yeah, they played well against the Steelers. And they had a bye week this week. So we'll see what happens the rest of the way. But even when Prescott was fine, like it just seemed like they were poorly coached. They were always playing from behind. They weren't prepared. Their defense was terrible. So it, you know, from a, from a guy who said that he watched every game in the NFL, the the one year he had off, and then admitting that he lied about it. I mean, is that uh, you know, is that the guy you want going forward? I don't know. Yeah. Uh... I think the only thing that could save him is saying, hey, it's because Prescott got hurt and COVID. I wouldn't yeah. implement my system. Yeah, I think a lot of teams, you know, everybody has the same built in excuse like COVID ruined my season. And I don't know, you just look at teams that had high expectations coming in. The Cowboys, you know, might have had the highest. Yeah. So, and it, it seems like they always do, just because they're they, they're you know America's team. But, uh, you know, they had very high expectations. Drafting Ceedee Lamb and the and the offensive line and the weapons and, you know, the defense. Yeah, you knew the defense was going to struggle, but they've been like just terrible. And, uh, yeah, I personally, I think he comes back, but. I wouldn't be surprised if, <laughs> you know, let's let's say they don't re-sign Prescott because he's not under contract, right? Let's say they don't re-sign him and the Cowboys have a top two pick. Do you... I think you have to consider uh, a quarterback there. Yeah, you... Yeah. And with Jerry Jones, I mean, you, you know that he would take one of those guys in a second. Uh... But, you know, do you let McCarthy develop that guy? He he has history of develop. You know, he developed Rodgers, if you want to give him credit for that. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors at play where it's not just cut and dry. Like, oh, they gave him a big contract. He's definitely going to come back. They've had issues on defense. They've got uh, COVID, blah, blah, blah. There are some other factors that you have to look at that. Do you want McCarthy tied to that guy? If they're going to take one of those guys, well, if you take a quarterback, this is the biggest issue I have with some teams. Is if you draft a rookie quarterback, you have to stick with that coach and that offensive coordinator, no matter what, for at least three years. Yeah, I mean, we've seen issues where that hasn't been the case, and it's ruined quarterbacks. Sam Darnold. Yeah, and that gets me to my last one here: Is Daniel Jones better than Sam Darnold? At the read option, definitely. <laughs> Does it remain to be seen? Because, like, to me, I mean, to me, 
the availability. Yeah, I would give him the edge in that. Which is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I don't know if we'd be having this conversation if Darnold was was healthy, but let's look at because I was very I was very surprised to see this. Yeah. What's that? He missed six weeks last year with the uh, mono. He must have missed at least five games this year with the shoulder injury that keeps acting up. Yeah, so this is his third season. And he's played 32 games. So out of a potential 32-plus, we're going on to 11 now, so 10. Um 42 games, he's missed 10 games, right? He has an 11 and 21 record, 59% completion percentage, 39 touchdowns and 34 interceptions. So he's averaging over an interception a game. And I want to see his fumbles. Where is fumbles? I don't see it on here, but it would be under rushing stats, right? Yeah. So he has 17 fumbles. So 17 fumbles. Didn't Daniel Jones have that in his rookie year, though? (laughs) Yeah, probably. It's 17 fumbles and 30. I don't know how many he lost because it doesn't have that here. I would assume if they marked it down, it's probably lost. Oh, now he got uh, 17. Five were recovered. Okay. So he lost 12 of them. So that's 12 plus 34. That's 46 turnovers in 32 games, right? Now, I want to look at Daniel Jones' stats. Daniel Jones, he's played 23 games. He's 6 and 16. So I think the records are, you know, pretty pretty comparable. Uh, even though Daniel Jones is one year behind him, he has 32 touchdown passes in 23 games, which is only seven less than Darnold has in one more year. <laughs> so in that sense, and then he has 21 interceptions, which you know he's on. That's a better pace than Darnold too. So for all the turnover struggles that Daniel Jones has had, and if you go down to rushing... I don't think Jones's turnover issues have been interceptions, really. I think it's more been fumbles. Yeah, he has has 25 fumbles. That's insane. In in 23 games, he has 20... He had 18 fumbles last year, and he has seven this year. So he's... He's pretty much like on pace to have pretty similar fumble numbers to last year. And uh, he's lost 20 of them. Yeah, that's horrible. So that's, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> take me lean Darnold just for that fact alone. Yeah, if you add in the 20 with the 21, that's 41, which is, you know, less than Darnold, but. Darnold has the extra year. Uh, yeah, it's just not. I mean, it's kind of like pick your poison, really. But I mean, Darnold. It's not like Darnold has been that that good when he's played. They're both twenty three years old. 
you know, so I, I don't know. But you you think Daniel Jones is better? Mm, like if you were start if you were starting a team right now, based on what you've seen with three years of Darnold and two years of Jones, who are you taking? Mm, I don't know. I would probably take Darnold just for the fact that I wouldn't hire off uh, Adam Gase as my head coach slash offense. <laughs> Do you think you think a lot of the injury stuff with Darnold is because they know how bad they are, so they just keep him out even if he's not necessarily like, you know, like he's not injured. It's just like ah, uh, you know, why throw him out there? Yeah, I mean, if he wasn't a hundred percent, I don't see any reason to play him because they basically haven't officially announced it, but they're tanking this year. They want. Oh yeah. They want Trevor Lawrence, and then, I mean, you'll see what the league thinks of Sam Darnold when uh, the value you get back for the trade in him. Yeah, um, it looks like you know Flacco is going to start this week against the Chargers, and then they've come out and said that Darnold should be ready to go for Week 11. But it's like you know, at this point, you're just seeing what you got from him. You know, you're just going to throw him in there and say, let's see what we have, because we have to decide if we're going to give you, you know, the fifth year option. Which, how crazy would that be if the Jets give Darnold the fifth year option, but the Cowboys didn't didn't pick up the option? Right. Well, the Cowboys couldn't pick up the option because there was no option because Prescott. Oh, that's right. That's right. My apologies. Third or fourth round pick. There's no option. It's a four-year contract. Yep, Only in the first round you yep, get the that, up. That's true. That uh, you know, Prescott's playing like he got drafted in the first, or he, you know, his his career has been like he's been drafted in the first round. So I uh, I got mixed up there, but uh, yeah, I, I I honestly I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets go defeated. Which, what would that be the the third time in NFL history? Uh, was it? The, the Lions went 0 16, and I think the Buccaneers went 0 14 in like the 70s. Okay. So, yeah, that, that wouldn't be good. Gase is gone. I mean, I would fire Gase now, honestly, but whatever. I, I don't know. He's the key to tanking. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think, I think our buddy Kevin said that when he was on. You know, he said he just wanted Gase to be around so that they continue to lose. So, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I just want to know your thoughts on those things. Um, nothing crazy, but definitely some things to look at. I mean, I'm curious to see how the saints offense works with one of these two guys at quarterback, because they, you know, obviously the saints are in first place, you you know, it's not like Drew Brees was going to lose his job, but if Winston comes in and he's, you know, this offense is, you know, putting up 30 plus and, and they're looking good. This might be something where they look at Winston and say, let's give this guy, you know, a contract to be our starting quarterback after Breeze is gone. Yeah, I mean, I would assume this is basically, you know, try it out, a tryout for Winston. I don't know what his contract is. I don't know if it was a one-year or a two-year deal. It's a one-year deal, $1.1 million. So they gave him nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, if you look at, like, Cam Newton's contract, it's something like that, too. 
It's all incentive based. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> after they, after he signed that deal, he fired his agent. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so th- yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, and and we'll see how that uh, that plays out. I think, you know, I think Winston could work his way into uh, you know taking over the reins after Breeze is gone. Um, but let's get to our, our fantasy picks for week 14 or week 14, week 11. And, uh, we'll run through them kind of quick. I know we're, you know, we're a little over an hour already, so we've had a little bit of impromptu discussion on some of these topics here. So let's get in. uh, Bang these out real quick. Yeah. Why don't you go first? You you ready to go now? Yep. I'm good to go. All right. So let's get your, uh, lock and sleeper. All right. For quarterback. Quarterback. Locking, I'm going to lock in uh, Mr. Justin Herbert going against the Jets here. Okay. And then uh, I think it's just obvious why you do that, because the Jets suck. Yep. And my sleeper, I'm going to go with, where is he? I had him up. Let's go with. Andy Dalton. I, I kind of like that pick. I mean, I think Minnesota secondary sucks. If the Cowboys want to have any chance at anything, because somehow they're still alive, technically in the NFC East. <laughs> yeah, somehow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's coming off a concussion and COVID. He said COVID really fucked him up. So we'll see. It's it's a risky play, but he's cheap at fifty three hundred for a starting quarterback. Yeah, he's very cheap. Um, yeah, my my lock this week. You know, you look at Lamar Jackson at the top of the list, and he just really hasn't played that well this year. Um, and there's no like there's no quarterback that really is is like stands out to me uh you look at roethlisberger i think that you know a lot of people are gonna jump on him because of jacksonville defense but i could see this just being like you know they just run the football and do what the the what the packers should have been able to do yeah just run it down the jags throat yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I know Indy's defense is very good, but I like the fact that Rodgers is probably gonna be low owned, and you're getting him for, you know, he was 7,900 last week. You're getting him for 7,000 this week, um, and uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pass against the, You're gonna have to throw the ball against this Indy team um, because they play they play the run very well. So. Uh, kind of a contrarian pick, but I'm going to go with Rodgers. And then for my sleeper, I'm going to go with Alex Smith. I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Alex Smith. He threw for 390 last week. He didn't have any touchdowns or interceptions. He threw 55 times. So obviously they have no problem letting him drop back and throw the ball. And against this, this uh, Cincy defense, who's 23rd against fantasy quarterbacks, uh, you know, if he can throw for another 300 and a couple touchdowns, that's a great output for this $5,300 price tag. Hey, um, at running back, I'm going to lock in Dalvin Cook. 
because no matter what, he's touching the ball almost 30 times a game. Yeah. Even last week, he was down. He finally broke that 200-plus yard streak at 96 yards, but he carried the ball 30 times, and he had four receptions for 16 yards. So lock me in a cook. And then my sleeper. I'm going to go with been on my boy a lot recently. Naheem Hines against Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to score against uh, this good Colts defense, but the way the Colts keep uh, in this game is Dinkin and Duncan. He had five catches, uh, yeah, five catches, 45 yards, and one touchdown last week. Finished with was it 28.5 points against Tennessee. So yep. for something in the low 20s. Yeah, he's always good for, you know, just a random 20-plus point game here and there. Um, and Dalvin Cook, this was the first game all season that he played in and didn't have a touchdown. Yeah, I saw that. And I, Kamara's 9,200. That's insane. <laughs> um. But hey, I mean, he should get all he should get all the run uh, this week. Uh, my lock this week is going to be Mike Davis against the Lions. Uh, pretty, pretty. Uh, they're actually last against running backs fantasy wise. Uh, so I like him. McCaffrey's out again, so I'm going to roll with him at 6,800. That's a pretty good price tag for a guy that you know is going to get. Um, you know, he's had some, some struggles of late, but you know, he should get at least 20 touches, maybe not 20, but you know, at least 15 touches against this, uh, this Detroit defense. And then for my sleeper pick, I'm going to go just to the other side of the, uh, that game there. And where is he? I'm scrolling all the way down here. I got to search for him. <laughs> I'm going to go with Adrian Peterson yep. against uh, against this Carolina run defense. All right, so Carolina is 30th against running backs fantasy wise, and uh, DeAndre Swift is out this week. So I like Peterson to get a little bit of a run here. I think it's going to be a close game, so I I I think Peterson's going to get get some work. Uh, so I like him a sleeper four thousand. All right, uh, now moving to wide receiver. I'm going to go with a nice stack here and go Keenan Allen at 7,400. I mean, he should just dominate the Jets. I think last week was actually his worst game of the season against Miami. Only three catches, 39 yards, but he did have a touchdown, so it saved him. He's, he's going to put up crazy numbers this week. It's yeah. going to be insane. And then my sleeper, I'm going to go uh, C.D. Lamb at 5K against that Minnesota secondary. Yeah, I like it with Andy Dalton back. Uh, C.D. Lamb's kind of fallen off a little bit. He had a pretty good game last week, 4 for 71 and a touchdown. But, uh, yeah, compared to what he was doing earlier in the season, he really hasn't done much at all the past few weeks. Um. 
My lock this week, I'm going to stack him in as well. I think Devontae Adams is matchup proof. He has uh, seven touchdowns over the last four games. He has two of the, two out of the four games. He's over 170 yards receiving. So, you know, he's just off the charts good right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. And he's at 741 yards, 61 catches. So, uh, if he didn't miss those those three weeks early on, I mean, he'd be having a season for the record books here, um, with, and with nine touchdowns as well. So he's eighty six hundred, very expensive, most expensive wide receiver by over by over a thousand. Uh, the next guy is Julio Jones at seventy five hundred. But you know, you go with the stack and you roll with it. Uh, my sleeper, uh, I'm going to go with. I have two guys in mind here. But because I just have no idea what's going to happen with Cleveland and the weather, uh, I'm going to go with Jacoby Myers on the Patriots. Uh, he's he's played really well for them, and he's kind of stepped into this role here where you know he's their go-to guy. And uh, two games ago against the Jets, he had 12 for 169. Last week against Baltimore, who's a tough defense. He had five for 59 and going up against Houston, who uh, they're middle of the road against wide receivers fantasy wise. But uh, Jacoby Myers is, is Cam Newton's go to guy. So I'll go with uh, with Jacoby Myers as my sleeper. All right. Um, now to tight ends or best position, obviously. Everyone's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna so really go- che- I'm yes. sorry. There, there's some cheap tight ends. Yes, there are. And. That will be my strategy, trust me. Because <laughs> if I'm going to miss on him, I'd rather miss cheap. So yeah. uh, I'm going to lock in Hayden Hurst at 4,400. I mean, you were just shitting on Malcolm Jenkins, but I think he's given up. His his pass rating is horrible against tight ends when he's in single coverage. Yeah. And then uh, my sleeper, I'm going to go with uh, Logan Thomas, who... Likes Alex Smith the most as quarterback. He had four catches, 66 yards last week. And since he is 31st against the tight end in points allowed. Uh, yeah, this is like, what, the third time you've picked him? Yep, I'm just going to keep riding him. <laughs> um, so for my lock at tight end... Oh, I can't I can't pick John U. Smith anymore. But um I'm gonna go with Gasecki against Denver. I know you had I think you had him last week or a couple weeks ago. I had him to his first start and he had one catch. When they beat the Rams, he had one catch like eleven yards. Yeah, so he he really hasn't gotten involved too much. Um and he is forty three hundred, so for for not doing really anything, um but I think as Tua starts to get more uh, run with this offense, you know, I think you mentioned it. Tight ends are rookie quarterbacks, like you know, greatest weapon. Uh, and Gasecki is is very athletic. I, I think that you know one of these one of these days he's going to have a breakout game here. So I'll lock in Gasecki at tight end, and then for my sleeper, I'm going to go with Richard Rodgers uh, for Philly. So it seems like, you know, when he has been on the field, 
Wentz likes him. Uh, last two games he's that he's played, he's got double-digit uh, output. So at 3,500, if he's going to get, you know, five, six, seven targets, um, you know, I, I, I'll take that and uh, hope for another double-digit output. So let's finish up with defense here. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers as my lock. I mean, anytime you get to face Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah. That's enough you can say about that. And that beat-up Jets O-line. They should have Bosa back this week. We will see. And then uh, my sleeper, I'm going to go Washington. I like that D-line versus O-line matchup there. So I'm looking for a bunch of sacks of Burrow. Yeah, it's crazy. You see these defenses when they play the Jets, they just jump up in price. Yeah. (laughs) Like the Chargers... I mean, they've only been over three thousand a, a few to- a couple times here. I think three, four times, uh, and now they're at they're at four thousand. So you know that just tells you what everybody thinks about this Jets offense, and for good reason. Um, for my lock this week, I'm gonna go with a defense that's just I don't know what they've done, but they've kind of figured it out a little bit, and that's the Vikings against this uh, Dallas team that just I know Andy Dalton's back uh, but I kind of like the way they've been playing last last two games they have nine points against Detroit and ten points against Chicago which Chicago just is an awful awful offense um, but I'm gonna go with them at 3300 I like them and they're they're pretty cheap uh, for my sleeper I'm actually gonna go Denver at home Okay. Against this uh, Dolphins offense, uh, the fact and and really, you know they they. I want to say they play better at home, but you don't really see that in the in the uh, numbers here. They give up a lot of points. Uh, they're, la- they're four straight games of over thirty or thirty or more points, but they actually have positive fantasy points in three of those. So which is kind of weird. Um. So I'm I'm going to look for uh you know two playing in in the uh potential elements up there and the the altitude 2400 I'll I'm, I'll take the Broncos. It's kind of just a, a punt play but I'll take them at 2400. Uh, so, let's jump to our uh against the spread. Yeah, so those were our fantasy picks. Um look out for you know what we what we send out on Twitter. We're going to do another uh I think we're going to go with a tournament this week. Yeah, we're, we're feeling that we're going to win big this week. So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go with a tournament team and a single entry, which is what we stick to. Don't want to mess around with those multi, you know, multi-entry, 150 entries where you could just spam the hell out of it. So uh, we're gonna go with uh, a tournament this week, but we'll you know send out our team our, our uh, team a little bit before game time on Sunday, uh, tomorrow actually. But uh, why don't you start us off here? Let's let's hear your picks for uh, week eleven. All right. Uh, yeah, let's go with our head-to-head first, which is actually going to be the Atlanta Falcons versus the New Orleans Saints. And I'm going to be I'm going to take the Falcons at plus three and a half. I just don't trust that. I believe Taysom Hill starting, so I don't trust him to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, a lot of money on the uh, well, mo- most money on the 
Well, it's actually looks like it's updated now to minus or plus four for the Falcons. Okay, jumped up. Yeah, it's at plus four. Uh, where is it? Where is this game? Oh, here it is. Um, I guess it is at three and a half. Yeah, yeah and three and a half. Okay, so yeah, it's at three and a half. Um, which is kind of weird because looked like most of the money was on the Falcons. So I, I don't, I'm not sure why it went down to uh, three and a half, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, uh, and again, I'm going off of if, if Winston starts. So we're kind of two, you know, on opposite sides of this. You you think Taysom Hill is going to be the guy. I think Winston's going to be the guy. If Winston's the guy, I like this number because uh, he kind of owns the Falcons. So. Yep. Uh, my second pick, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh at uh, minus 10. Pittsburgh is 72 against the spread in this season, so they've been dominating these spreads, even these big games. And that one, the only one of the two losses was the Cowboys, where they just didn't show up. So yeah, they just did not play. Uh, but actually, the, to be honest, the Jags have had this matchup head to head. They're six and four, six three and one against the spread. Okay. Ten, but I think that was with a confident starting quarterback, not Jake Lutton, who I mentioned his one four seven for four passing yards when pressured. And what does Pittsburgh like to do? Pressure the quarterback. Yeah, it could be a long day for him. <laughs> and then uh, my next pick is the New England Patriots at uh, minus two. And they are just... I'm just riding the hot streak, to be honest. I think they've just somehow figured out what they are, which is we're going to run the ball 45 times a game. Cam Newton's going to run the ball. Damian Harris is going to run the ball. <laughs> yeah, they do get Sony Michelle back this week. Oh, yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not really much to talk about. But, yeah, I was looking at Newton's stats. He only has three passing touchdowns. It's it's bad. He's going to finish with less than 10 passing touchdowns for a quarterback, potentially a, a playoff team, which is just crazy to me. But, you know, if that's how they're going to do it, then that's how they're going to do it. I mean, the one benefit for the Texans is it's in a, it's in a dome, so Bill Belichick can't control the weather inside the dome. <laughs> that's very true. He doesn't want to reveal to the world that he's a wizard yet. <laughs> and, uh I'm actually going to take, uh, I think we're on opposite sides of this game, basically, is I'm going to take Dallas plus seven. I don't think the Minnesota Vikings should be favored ever seven points. I know they're yeah. six three against the spread, but. No, I, I, you know, I like, I like the Vikings defense because I think this is going to be, yeah, I, I... I don't know. I just, I agree with you. I don't think the Vikings are a touchdown better than anybody uh, because there's always, you know, Kirk Cousins' ability to just kind of have one of those terrible games that he tends to have, you know, almost more often than not. But, uh, yeah, I think with Andy Dalton, that quarterback give you a little bit of stability, and he's he's a starting caliber quarterback. 
this uh, this touchdown difference is is a little bit too much. Yeah, um, I mean, let's be honest. Dallas just needs to figure out how to slow down Dalvin Cook. Not even stop, just slow down, and you should be able to cover the seven points. Yeah. And then uh, my final pick. A lot of people are calling this like Gate. There's like this weird. Weird thing that the Raiders, when they beat the Chiefs at home, like drove around the stadium like two or three times in their bus, like honking and shit. <laughs> and it's sort of like a war of words between uh, Andy Reid and John Gruden. But the biggest thing is the Chiefs are coming off a bye. And listen to this record Andy Reid is 18 and three coming off a bye week in his career. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, give me the Chiefs minus eight. That's really all you you need to know when you're picking this game. The Chiefs lost to the Raiders. You know they're going to want revenge, going on the road. You know, I, and this is the whole busgate thing. I mean, they're driving around the stadium. You know, whatever they called it, like a victory lap. Or, you know, the media was like, oh, they're taking a vic- you know victory laps around the field. And I guess they asked Gruden about it, and Gruden was just like. Uh, it was just a miscommunication with the bus driver. Oh yeah, sure. like <laughs> that's what he said. It's like, dude, he's you he drove around the stadium how many times? Like, you know, it, you you've been there before, <laughs> you know. So, I, but the thing is, I feel like if if it was a thing, Gruden would just be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we wanted to take a victory lap around the field. It was a big win for us, you know. So it's kind of okay. like a weird. You know. I forgot to mention that uh, the Raiders had COVID outbreaks on their whole defensive side of the ball. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago it was the offensive line. They sent everybody home. Now they're sending the entire defense home. So, you know, but hey, the Raiders are 6-3. and three, And they just beat the crap out of the Broncos, which crushed me. That game cost me, you know, I had a parlay on that game. I, not that game specifically, but I had a parlay going. And uh, the Broncos just couldn't freaking score. The over in that game was 51. The total ended up being 49. And cost me 2,000. 2,000 bananas. I put a very small, you know, uh, very small amount of money on a parlay. It was just like a crazy parlay, which I've had luck with so far this year. And, uh, you know, two, that, that killed me. But, yeah, the uh, I think the Chiefs are going to cover that as well. So, all right, let me get to my picks here before we finish up. And you mentioned, you know, our head-to-head. I'm on the Saints minus three and a half. Um, you know, it's dependent on the quarterback. But, just you know, the Saints are the better team. It's just a matter of how consistent they're going to be on offense. Uh, the Titans, uh, plus six and a half at the Ravens. The Titans beat the crap out of the Ravens when they played them last year in the playoffs. And I know, I think the narrative here is, you know, and they've, they've talked to Lamar Jackson about it, like, oh, is this a revenge game for you? And he said, no, that was last year. That really doesn't matter to me. Um, I think the Titans are a team that, you know, they know how to play the Ravens and this is going to be a close game and the Ravens just, you know, they just lost to the Patriots. Like, <laughs> you know, I, so I don't, I don't know where the six and a half number comes in. There's a lot of money 
the, the money is favoring the Titans right now. It's minus 118 at plus six and a half. So, you know, any more, I, you're going to see that number come down. So I'll jump on it now before. Uh, no, actually, you know what? You, you probably, no, you'd want to jump on it now if you're going with the underdog, right? I mean. Yeah, if it's. If you think if you think it's going to shrink, then you jump on it now. So, uh, I think this number is going to shrink before before tomorrow in the in game time there. So I'll take them at plus six and a half Titans. Uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers at plus two at home against Detroit. Uh, Detroit being without DeAndre Swift, I think this is going to be, you know, the over the over under in this game is forty six and a half. I'm very interested in that number. I think there's going to be some points in this one. Uh, but the Panthers plus two at home, I just think. I think that's the difference for me. Uh, if it was the other way around, I'd probably take the Lions at home. But I'm going to take the Panthers at home plus two. Broncos, I know they just got whipped by the by the Raiders, and I'd mentioned that, but at home against a rookie quarterback, plus three and a half. Uh, I think this is going to end up being a field goal game. So I like the Broncos at plus three and a half. And my last pick here, the Rams on the road at the Buccaneers. Uh, what I look at with this game is the struggles of the Buccaneers offensive line. All right, I know the Buccaneers have Godwin and Evans and Antonio Brown now and Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Gronkowski. They've got a ton of weapons. Uh, but I think the Rams are a team that, because of the pressure they create, it's going to neutralize some of those some of those weapons. So, and Brady not being able to move very well in the pocket these days, I can see Don, you know, Donald just having another monster game and really disrupting this. Uh, you know, we saw our boy JPP have a nice four fingered interception last week. I was laughing about it. <laughs> I was sitting there watching the game with my girlfriend. And I'm like, yeah, you see that guy that picked, that picked the ball off. Yeah. He only has four fingers cause he blew one of them off with fireworks. I think he, what is it? He maybe he only has three and a half. I don't know. But, not, a good, not a good picture. No. But, uh, yeah, I like the Rams plus four. Uh, again, I think this is going to be a close game. I don't, see the, I don't see the Buccaneers winning by more than a field goal. And I can see the Rams winning this game outright. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Rams plus four. So why don't you, you have a, you want to? Yeah, let me you, recap it real quick. Yep. All right. Uh, our head-to-head is Atlanta. Against the Saints, at, I'm taking Atlanta plus three and a half. You're taking the Saints at minus three and a half. I'm going to take Pittsburgh minus ten, New England minus two, Dallas plus seven, and KC minus eight. Meanwhile, you're taking Tennessee plus six and a half, Carolina plus two, Denver plus three and a half, and the Rams plus four in the Monday night game. Yeah, so I'm on. I'm big on underdogs this week. As I just noticed, four out of my five picks are underdogs. Uh, last week was uh, similar. Hit hit well with the underdog picks and went five and zero. Oh. So let's keep it rolling into week eleven. That is our show for you today. Uh, please check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, we're pretty much uh, we're pretty active on Twitter. Uh, we like to tweet out our, our picks. We, we sent something out this afternoon, just previewing the episode here and 
you know, look out for us tomorrow. We're going to post our, our team. And um, so our Twitter is at, at Square the Sharp. And Instagram is Squaring Up the Sharp. So make sure to differentiate between those. Uh, email is Squaring Up the Sharp at gmail.com. Yep. And do we have any other? Oh, YouTube. YouTube. So YouTube, uh, you know, Squaring Up the Sharp is uh, our channel. And we had a little bit of an issue last week with uh, <laughs> one of our – the video uploaded. We we ended up having it uploaded after uh, the week because we got flagged for some reason. I don't <laughs> I don't know what happened. But, uh, you know, we, we were able to figure that out. It, it magically appeared to be uh, visible again. And so I'm not sure what happened with that, but – uh, you can check us out on YouTube. So, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, iTunes. Right, it's the last one there. iTunes. Download our uh, our episode on iTunes. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's all of our all of our plugs for our social media. Uh, make sure to check us out. Leave a like, a subscribe, whatever uh, you can do is helpful. And uh, and we'll see you for week twelve. Anything from you, Austin? No, that's it. Let Let's have a good week and. Uh... Get on track. All right. So why don't you sign us off, and we'll see you for week uh, week 12. Kalima! <laughs> ah! Here's to squaring up the shark.